Smell those eggs and bake. It's time for Breakfast Talk, a podcast covering a range of entrepreneurial and independent comics creation topics first thing in the morning. Of course, please like and share if you're enjoying our special seasoning. And be sure to subscribe to join us every Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Let's talk. Um, no, but yeah, me and, me and my buddy, when we moved to Texas, like, well, okay, so I'm moving to Texas, and then I was like, if I'm moving to Texas, I want my best friend to move to Texas, because we've always, like, since we were kids, we are like, yo, when we're adults, we're going to, like, be neighbors, and we're, like, going to live, like, near each other, and <laughs> we're going to, yeah, we're going to be, you know, a team of serial killers that go around Texas and kill people. No, uh, <laughs> no, so we just always had this plan, like, you know, as we were growing up, so now it's kind of, like, aligning, like, he he's talking to a recruiter in Texas for his job, like, he, he might be able to transfer over to another business there, and what so... Um, he's an ink text like specialist, like a color matcher and like a, a supervisor for like um so um when they print on like any type of product, like this is a great example actually right here. So like this box, he basically color matches like the file, like whatever they whatever the designer has, he color matches it for the actual print. And then oh, he, so like he basically makes it so that what you see on your screen will, in fact, be what you want in the box. Exactly. And then yeah. he, he works in the actual plant. So he supervises all the other people who are actually making the thing. So making sure everything's, you know, right on. So that's what he does. So he's, you know, he's like right Sun on. Chemicals. Sun Chemicals, that's like a company that's – he doesn't work for Sun, but it's it's like a chemical company that's more known that you might know. You know what I mean? Um, DuPont, I think, has a yeah, I know kind DuPont, of thing. Yeah. I think I got a pair of their glasses somewhere. But yeah, so he's he might move over there, and you know we might be able to actually make this dream happen. Um, so if we do do that, he he's a musician as well, so he wants to uh, he wants to have like a you know a space. His wife does like crafts and stuff like that. You send his custom crafts. I, I plugged her a couple of times, but um, yeah, so we might have like a little podcast space and stuff. Exactly what what they've been doing and stuff. So like I love that idea the, of the collective space where you can just like have like a podcast or have like creative enterprises going on and stuff and uh, i'm excited to have my own space as well and i'm sure you guys want your own office and all that um but it's weird because dylan's gonna be in california now like is that that your that's your goal right? i don't know if he's moving there now eventually i would like a place out there but for now nashville is quite a comfy place oh good well that's good um yeah i don't know uh <laughs> if that'll ever happen with us <laughs> well we'll probably have a physical building at some point because that's like a thing that we've talked about but like a studio space, like I was thinking of that, like for the last like two years, I was always thinking like just driving by like an empty building. And I'm like, if I like leased that out and was able to just have a studio there, that'd be pretty cool. For like the last two years. I've I wouldn't have like to deal with a cat time. jumping on a TV and like yeah. yelling at it on the mic <laughs> and then like strangle. And then, um, yeah, so that'd be pretty cool. And then I could have all the comic book stuff there so I don't have to have my living room just yeah. this yeah no that's dude, another I, that's it that's another thing i want like i want a house so like i would have a i want an off base so i don't have to be yeah. in the living room this the living room is like my office right now dude i i literally work 20 like a full time from my dining room yeah. <laughs> so just imagine, like I don't know, right now you could probably hear the TVs going on. Oh, like, no. I have, I have three more of these. This is just, this is gone now. So I have. Oh, another, I okay, I know what that is. All right, I, I have another one of these, but I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to drink it because this is like a forty ounce. 
Yeah, just tape your just tape your hands to the bottle. Yeah. It's uh what is it? Edward Forty. Edward Forty hands. Edward Forty hands. I still remember we had a uh in, in at a RPI, the college I went to, in our fraternity we had a foreign exchange student, which we found out later uh we weren't supposed to do, but he joined our fraternity. And um he uh we, we he did Edward Forty hands and I had never seen someone drink a bottle of beer faster in my life. I also have never seen them return it any faster. <laughs> but basically, this crazy motherfucker took the bottle, put it up, and cycloned it and funneled it in like 13 seconds flat. Like nuts. So he got he gets it up, gets it going, and then gets That's it. That's just like, to it's me, fun. that's just, like, how do you even swallow that and so feel okay with yourself? Like, no, oh, God. I think he would have been fine. If it didn't, if it didn't, if it was flat, I bet he would have been fine. But basically, carbonation, yeah, it was foam, like after. Because yep. here's the thing: is he finished that one, and then he went to because the, uh, the record in our house was, I think, two minutes and forty five seconds for two bottles, which Ooh. is pretty intense. Yeah, that's so ridiculous for a single bottle, right? So he he's trying to beat that record because he's German and he's like, I can do it. So he so he gets. He's he been gets, drinking since he was fourteen. His dad owns a brewery, <laughs> like like it like. Like I was like, okay, like that makes sense. Like, yeah. so his yeah, his dad owns a brewery, and he actually had these cool bottles he sent us, where the necks, like, picture like the normal neck goes like this, but instead it went like this, so uh, like yeah. the bot, like it curved, and then instead of like a normal cap, it had a cap with like a like a, a thin wire and a ring, so you pull the ring and pull pop the it. Ring, yeah. So yeah. it was really cool, but uh, yeah, you know, he finishes that in 13 seconds. He goes to start the next one, and you just see him go and like foam, <laughs> like even though he was having a seizure, and then just. We like somebody kicked him over a garbage can, and then it's just like, just like it was like, yeah, it was just spray. It was just like foam. It was the exorcist, basically. Yeah. It was pretty epic. Because like that's not even something. I don't even think you would feel sick after that. It's more just like it would just be like spraying foam out of your mouth. Like it's yeah, it's like, intense. It's pretty. Yeah, it's kind of like drinking a two liter bottle of diet coke and down in some mentos so back in back in my dark days let's just put it that way um in high school we had this thing we had this weird tradition uh and again i was in high school so this just obviously was not even of legal age to be drinking at all but we had a tradition and it was like junior year senior year where every monday we would go or every other monday you know whenever we could make it we would go to my friend martin's house and then we would just drink 40s like that was the thing like everybody would buy some 40s and we would drink 40s until we were excessively drunk, and then we would all walk home at, like, 6 o'clock p.m., you know what I mean? So, like, we would be going home, like, on a normal day. Like, this is a normal ass day on a Monday. And that was, like, our slogan was, like, on a Monday? Like, that was the thing we would always say. And, um, yeah, we definitely had moments where there was, like, new people that would join the fraternity, you know, people that would come to this this crib because basically he forties. <laughs> yeah, his parents had a house like, and then they owned another house that was across the street. So basically, we would go to that other house because they had like the basement floor was like not rented out. So we would just go there, and that's where we would drink. So it was like no supervision, nobody there. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had like new people come in, and like they would always try to like prove themselves, like because everybody drinks. You know, at this point, we've had like seventeen Mondays under our belt, so we're like, you know, we're pros, like we're drinking and. and and then we like we we want to make them catch up to us, right? Like so we kept like you know peer pressure and like drink up faster, bro. You gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. And yeah, pff, straight out the nose, out the mouth. So that many just, times people just that just reminds me of like John Mulaney stand up, and he's like just 
a half dozen white children yelling up the basement stairs, fuck the police. <laughs> we were not white. Uh, it, was, it was mostly Hispanics. Uh, but despite, you know, the complexion, I am Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. So, you know, Hispanic neighborhood. I know I sound like the, the whitest white guy that you've probably ever met. Uh, besides Dylan, just say you, <laughs> just say you took voice acting lessons. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Me and, and Dylan really, are gonna go really over to like Connor's. Pizza. Me and Dylan yeah. are gonna go to Connor's house and get some pancakes <laughs> with Tanner and Blake <laughs> and Blake Balake. Balake. A A Ron. A A Ron. Where is A A Ron? Is A A Ron still here, or is A A Ron? Yeah, he's not he? watching anymore. He's not. He's not watching. Yeah, our stories are not entertaining. Come on, we, we like our our average viewership is like seven people. Like, yeah. Um. Uh. The third episode was uh. What was that? Oh, our blueprints for like a workflow system, and uh, yeah, that was. It's funny because back then we weren't even like solid on that yet. Now we have a pretty good one. I think Hector's yeah. was like, way like we adjusted it after that one because of some of the stuff you said, and then. Um, yeah, now our workflow is like a hell of a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and oh, dude, this is perfect because remember we're with on the panel. I asked a question like in a comment in the comments, and I was like, "Yeah, do you guys encourage storyboarding?" And like the entire like panel was just like, "I am too, just doing some design crap." <laughs> we need you to be active, Aaron. Jesus <laughs> Christ, we need you, bro. You don't um, need to work. <laughs> So yeah, no, and the whole panel was basically like, yeah, I don't do storyboarding. And like, look at my name right there, my display name. Storyboard, storyboard Shaman. I will prove to you right now in this one conversation why it's important. And the reason why it's important is because it solves a lot of indie problems. And what I mean by that is that when you start get when you get a new artist and you guys are just working together for the first time, yes, it's great to give your artist free roam and to say, here's my dialogue, here's my panels. Even, even if they're super organized and descriptive, to have a storyboard in between that stage because what happens is their interpretation of what you're writing is gonna be based on their interpretation of their life. And it's not gonna be something that you might connect with. So having a storyboard closes the gap between those two things and the, the artist has an easier time of understanding what you want to see. So that's why I say storyboards are extremely important. And another step to that is because a lot of times when indies create a book, it seems very disconnected and dis disjointed. Like some of the things are not making sense. Some of the panels are not flowing together very well from one scene to the next. And it was something that I, get, I think you guys struggled with with that first Seer Nova, um, or I'm sorry, Seer Chronicles issue, where there was some disjointed parts where the scenes just kind of like went from one scene to the next. You didn't have any like transition. Um, so Storyboards fixes that problem too, because now you can say, well, we want more of a background here. or We want more of like, you know, make sure it's a slow transition from this scene to the next. Uh, to, to make sure your page flips are really good, you know, because sometimes artists, they get into the into the gear of just making panel by panel, and they're not thinking about the page flips, you know, so they're, they're not thinking about what surprise can I add to this next, you know, if this is page four, or this is page three, I'm sorry, and we're flipping to page four, you know, it's it, if it's a complete page flip, I want to have a nice, like, surprise right at that that you know, page four mark or something like and that. I, I'd say that's the thing too, is like if the artist isn't involved in like the writing of the story or like at least in the creation of the story, 
like yeah they're not gonna know that stuff so like that's what happened with our our second artist like yeah it was like a big issue where like they didn't quite understand how it was moving along which we also realized later we didn't quite understand how it was moving along but like yeah once once we broke it down in in a way where we actually were like this is the scene now let's write out the panels on the page all right now let's draw you know like a, or a, have a uh, yeah the flips you know build the suspense yeah and 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 that's it's great that you bring that up because i think you know part of that you know trouble that you guys had was because there was a, a partial language barrier i think that he understood english but he doesn't understand english the way that we understand english if that makes any sense you know so if like you're an indie creator and you're working with somebody that's maybe from italy where english is like their second language it's not their first language they might not interpret things the same way that you interpret things so even if you write them how you think makes sense it might not make sense to them I think it's it, it the word. It, mm -hmm. it, it, those are the things that are very specific to a language, like what they mean, like where, like, what is it? Uh, uh, a bird in the bush is worth two in the hand or two. Whatever yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, look that up. Yeah, like common sayings and things like that that are like. Um, yeah, wearing your heart on your sleeves, things like that. Yeah, nomenclature. Um, but yeah, so so storyboarding storyboarding just kind of closes the gap between what you intend and what the artist interprets so like that to me is why it's super duper important and just me in general like one of the main things that that, that was said about that whole thing was like it's double work it, it is actually yes you're 100 percent right it's double work but anything that you do with intensity, with passion, you want to do to the maximum. So if you're going to leave something out of the stage because you're afraid of the workload that's involved, I think you're not doing it to the maximum, a maximum potential of your passion. Imagine and, and twice at once. Exactly. Like you really do have to like go all out. And I'm not going to keep throwing this in the mix, but you know, anytime I go to any professional setting where it's comics involved or anything like that, like I'm provided with at least a very rough like rudimentary storyboard because what they want is a very a, a very uh, clear translation and execution of their vision and their idea and that's not that doesn't mean that they're being control freaks that just means that we have certain points that we really really want to drive home so we want to make sure that those things are very clearly like communicated and um i think that like i said I'm the storyboard shaman. I'm going to convince all you indies that you need to storyboard. And that doesn't mean like really stupidly complex. What is that? It's a control freak. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, it, that doesn't mean being super complex. It just means basically outlining the things that you really, really need to see. So if it's something that connects to your universe really like um, in, in a way that's visual, if it's an Easter egg, if it's something that's that needs to be put into this comic to make it m make more sense to the other comics that you're creating in your universe, this is the way to do that. This is the way to really make sure you execute all of those little tiny details that in the end are going to be major to your viewers. It's going to be like, oh, in issue one, I saw this thing that's now repeated in issue five. And the reason why it's is repeated in issue five is because he made sure to include it in issue one. So, exactly. and, and those kinds of things, sometimes your writer, like, because you're focused on the dialogue, because you're focused on the, the story, like how it, how it transitions into the next episode, because you're, you're, you're really focused on the grammar, the editing, sometimes you might miss those details. And if you storyboard, you have the opportunity to give yourself time to really rethink those details. Like, oh yeah, I did want to put in this visual in there. And I remember that now because we're storyboarding. Um, Visuals. 
Exactly. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, shit on anybody's workflow or, or the ideas of how their work works. Best. No, no, no. Don't, don't cut yourself short. You're absolutely shitting on people's workflow. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, Everybody has a different way that they go about things, and if it works for you, then it works for you. If if it if there's no, if if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But what I'm saying is, there's a lot of indies that come into the game, and they don't necessarily know how to fit all these things together. And what I'm trying to do with storyboarding or, or, or reiterating the importance of storyboarding is that there's a there's like this middle path that you can walk where you can interpret what you really really want to your artist, and that doesn't mean that they're beholden to those things. That doesn't mean that like every single thing that you storyboard like is finalized. That just means that this is a rough concept of what I really, you know, want to see in my vision, and you can execute those things in your execution stage. And from my point of view, the the kind of artist I am, I like to be provided more details than less because I don't want to have to always be thinking about what I need to put in this panel. I want to know what you want in this panel, and then I'll just execute it. Like that that saves me so much time in in my think. I'm a very cognitive artist. Like as I'm drawing, I'm always thinking, does this make sense? Is this three-dimensionally proportionate like I, i'm thinking way too much and it helps me to have some direction from from the writer or from whatever creative team that i'm working with to give me some definitive things definite things that they need to see and then i can just focus on those things and then the little details they can add and i can correct and the storyboard process is perfect for that also horses weren't broken but we made cars it's okay that even if your system works now it could be better it could be faster so I would say that, yes, if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it, but it doesn't mean you can't fix it and that fixing it won't make it better. 100%. It's possible that your system is better and it does work better, but you won't know unless you test. Test and iterate. It's like marketing. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and you know, and and that's that's kind of primarily like what, like we got Chronicles of Horror done. It's It, it, it got done really well. The process wasn't like horrible. It, it wasn't like disorganized. It was it was good, and we got funded. You know what I mean? Like so, it, I I'll go back to this to this um, to this example because Chronicles of Horror was successful, but it could have been done like in a better process. So that way, like everybody's on the same page, and that that is what was lacking in this process. And it doesn't mean that that process was broken because, like I said, it was successful. It got done, and we did fund. So there wasn't anything necessarily wrong with it. Um, uh, so it just means that we need to adding an extra step just makes it better. That's all. Like th that's really all it is. It makes it more clean. It makes it more readable. Um, and that's pri that's probably the primary thing that I would I would point out in a lot of indie properties and not all, but but a lot of indie properties is that some of them aren't readable. You know what I mean? Like the anatomy is not completely correct. The the scene is not completely fleshed out. The perspective is not necessarily like the best, you know, so like little things like that in the storyboarding process, you can fix those things before they get to print. And then your 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 reader can be very much aware of what you want to focal point, you know, what, what you need to be, you know, expressed. And uh, so, yeah, that's my rent on storyboards. And I hope I convinced a couple indie creators of the importance of storyboarding. Um, and if you don't yeah. like it. Meet me outside. That's all I gotta say. Meet me outside. Yeah. Let's go.